The Cellar Dwellers may contain inappropriate content. Alright, who are we kidding? You and I both know these movies are pretty messed up. But isn't that what you're here for anyway, you filthy animals? Join us in the cellar, and enjoy the show. Promises. That should have been the uh, opening credits song. Howard Shore should have incorporated yeah. that somehow. Why are you not getting it cut every time? Oh, oh Eastern Promises. It sounds like a like a '90s era family sitcom. It feels theme song. good, like, like Full House kind of style. It feels like I'm like letting something go when I sing it. It feels like I'm releasing something like from a bur- a, like a burden, like a tension. Yeah. When Honestly, I, I, I think that. I'm feeling the same thing. When you say, one more time. One more time. Oh, oh, my Eastern promises. Honestly, this is an exciting way to start this episode because I think it, so. it's been a while since you've done a song. It has been a while since I've done a song, and we're back on uh, the journey through the town of Cronenberg. We are here uh, in part four of our Cronenberg series with uh, Naked Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. It's uh, Eastern Promises. Gosh, wow, it's, crazy. This, is, this is the one. Uh, arguably, obviously, we were very excited for the fly to mm. get back to the fly, but we have been so looking forward yes. to this rewatch. Oh yeah, uh, it has. It has been probably a good uh, eight years, ten years, maybe since I've watched this whole movie. As y'all know from our fly episode with Charlie, I've seen the 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 bathhouse fight scene uh, more recently because Charlie and I uh, in the past just watched that one scene once together. So, Which I think has aged incredibly. It has aged incredibly. We'll, Watching, get, we'll get to the details we'll get there. later. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the gush. We are in the gush. Okay, yeah. So I remembered really enjoying this movie. Uh, I'd only actually seen it maybe twice back in the day. Like, I hadn't seen it much. Um, that fight scene, though, I saw a couple times. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, this rewatch, this movie hit me a lot different than I remember it hitting, and this movie includes way more shit than I recalled it including. Though n- it is visually graphic with the violence, uh, more like yes, um, everything else is more or less happened in the past implied implied or just discussed that we get and it's just a heavy fucking movie yeah it discusses some stuff and that that really yeah you you don't you remember the the iconic scenes like Mm -hmm. the bathroom scene or like the the two fingers to the throat thing that Vigo does which is again the coolest thing of all time but upon the rewatch like you said there's a lot more just like stuff in this that is that honestly makes it make way more sense for yeah. this podcast than, than than more than just being for the Cronenberg series, I would say. Yeah, this checks more boxes than What are crash. some of those boxes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> what a question, right? Yeah, right. Uh this like checks boxes of like the violence, the perversity, the but this one is not um again, it's all implied or through dialogue. You don't see a lot of it. Uh, for Cronenberg, there's no 
gratuitous nudity in this, meaning, okay, so the one, like, main, the famous scene from this movie is the bathhouse scene, where Viggo Mortensen is butt-ass naked and has to fight off two assassins. It's honestly the maybe top five greatest scene it's in movie one of the history. top five best fight scenes of all time yeah it's, in my it's incredible and and we should also say this this is a different era of Cronenberg obviously this is our 2000s yeah. decade but uh, 2007 com- compared to all of his earlier stuff this is a really unique portion of his career that I think we need to discuss a little bit because yeah. it's it's so interesting this kind of shift from his kind of sci-fi body horror yep. it's just straight up horror mm-hmm. stuff. And then, of course, uh, Crash, whatever he, that is, yeah. <laughs> to transition into this Vigo era. Yep. And he had done, like, drama previously with M. Butterfly, which is still a blind spot for Colby and I. And he did more of, like, a straight drama thriller mystery type thing with uh, Spider, which I've seen oh, I've once. never seen Spider. I've seen it once, and I remember it being, like, really eerie and just, like, it's a tone movie What's type thing. What's it about? Thing. Uh I don't recall, but if I do recall, it's like essentially suppressed memories and like abuse, like type stuff. Okay. Um, so he's like dabbled in that, and then like history of violence was really just like okay, now I'm doing like a violent crime drama, yeah, type thing again, starring Vigo. Again, starring Vigo. That was their first collaboration together. That came out, yeah. So this came out. How? What year did did East, uh, did History of Violence? Two thousand five, and then two years later, Eastern Promises. Um, and uh, History of Violence is also based on a comic book, which yeah. is a really interesting concept as well. I've read it. It's it's pretty solid. Uh, this rewatch made me really want to rewatch History of Violence mm-hmm. now, um, mainly because I do recall uh, even in high school watching it, feeling like the pacing was weird in that movie so i want to rewatch it to see if that holds up and i kind of recall that vigo mortensen's uh hair looks kind of goofy it's it. pretty funny the, yeah. like blonde <laughs> blonde hair like, yeah bowl cut kind of i also feel like i recall the moments of violence a lot of moments of violence in that movie happening without music going on and it being like very matter of fact it's very like visceral yeah and and honestly the matter of factness of the violence in history in history of violence continues on into Eastern opening Promises. scene of eastern yeah, promises let's, yeah Let's just get started. Yeah. Obviously, this is a movie that came out a while ago, so we'll wait to give our scores to the end. Yeah. But the, if you're following along with the Cronenberg thing, as we've said, just expect us to talk about the entire movie the yes. whole time. Yes. So. Uh, and the opening of the movie really does set us up for pretty much exactly what to expect. Uh, it's So it takes place in London, but we, we see a, a barber shop at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an old man uh, kind of having pleasant conversation with, uh, a, the person a, he's barbering. Per, yeah, the barbery. Barbery. <laughs> yeah, Barbie. barbery. The Barbie. Uh, Let's and, throw another shrimp on him. And eventually, uh, a younger man walks in, really like shaky, nervous, and uh, they say some stuff to each other in Russian, the older man and the younger guy. And pretty much, uh, they pull the, the Barbie, uh, his head back, and the younger man slices his neck. Uh, but not only just a slice, there's a sawing motion. He's He is cutting. Like, I don't, just like, yeah, sawing. Just, and oh, what's what's the perfect brutal. transition of the history, the the matter of factness of history of violence is the way that we see this is that it's not like gratuitously shot. Nope. But just it's what's happening. It's just showing us yeah. what is happening in a in a really straightforward way. Yeah. Which is really interesting, and and you you kind of cringe when you're watching it because yeah. you're like, oh my god, like because it's it's like the polar opposite of something that I brought up about prisoners of the ghost land that my favorite shot from that is when that guy gets his neck cut mm-hmm. and it goes very stylized visceral blood spray and you're watching that scene going oh hell yeah this looks awesome 
Whereas, yes, I can look at the Cronenberg scene and be like, hell yeah, this looks awesome from an effects standpoint. But when it's happening, I'm like, oh shit, this is fucked. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, when you see throats getting slit in movies, it's often just like a quick, like, motion and then yeah. cut Blood to CGI or, or yeah. just a quick, like, pr- prosthetic. Yep. But, like, it lingers on it here. And it's really interesting. And the, 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 the sawing is so intense. The sawing is a yeah. lot. It really is a lot. The uh, the the kid that is sawing uh, the neck is, you would recognize him from uh, Game of Thrones, Joseph Alton. He was one of the uh, dudes uh, at the wall mm-hmm. uh, in Game of Thrones. Uh, very recognizable British actor. But that's just the opening of the movie. And I think, do, do we do we get a uh, an opening credits after that? Or is it like a... Dude, I actually don't. Do we get a title screen? I don't think we get a title screen. Not that I remembered, at least. I oh shit! I don't remember a title. Sc- Do we get opening credits? I think it just jumps. We just right watched into that. this movie. Yeah, that's oh, this is interesting. Fuck my either my memory's that bad or there weren't. Oh god, we're, we're our looking, memory might be that bad. Memory, but but also that shows that it doesn't really matter because the movie was so good. I just true. remember the story going on. Yeah. So I don't know. I honestly don't think there was. I don't recall. Wow. Wow. I'm going to look this up after the fact yeah. and then be like, Doy. we're idiots. We're idiots, but it's fine. Uh, it doesn't matter because we're here to talk about the movie, not the opening credits. But uh, just a, a great a great intro. Stark as hell. Yeah. I recall History of Violence also opening similarly. Uh, I believe it was like a long, wide shot with a car driving, like going through a motel, and there's some pretty intense violence that happens. Um, this... Uh, Again, starts there, and then, like, the tension of just, like, okay, we are introduced to this brutal, these brutal characters, and now we're going to sit with this for the rest of the movie. Uh, for, well, it transitions pretty much immediately to a very young pregnant girl that you don't realize is pregnant, but she uh, it needs help She's at a like pharmacy. A, a convenience store, yeah. Or like, yeah, a pharmacy-type place, and uh, she looks bad. She's, she starts, uh, essentially her water bl- breaks, but she starts like bleeding out. They say she's hemorrhaging mm-hmm. and because she's giving birth and she's 14. So this is insane and intense. And this is where we're introduced to Naomi Watts' character. Yes. Uh, uh, and pr- pretty much it just jumps right into the story. Like yeah. This is the inciting incident of the entire movie. Uh, Naomi Watts is a nurse mm-hmm. at, at this London hospital. And uh, she births like this this premature baby. Uh, yeah, and I th- saves the baby like, and is invested in because the girl dies yes. in childbirth. But the girl says something. I believe I can't recall. She, I think she says something to Naomi Watts at some point about just like, maybe she doesn't. Maybe I'm making that I don't up. Remember? I feel like there was an exchange, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Naomi Watts ends up finding a journal on the girl's body, like amongst her things, and uh, it's her journal, but it's entirely in Russian, so she can't figure out what's going on but conveniently conveniently her uh uncle stepan stepan uh i like stepan stepan is uh i like the aunt and the uncle yeah they're i think it's her mom oh that's her mom i think it's her mom oh, okay and because i knew they didn't live together and stepan is her russian husband's brother-in-law yeah uh naomi watts's dad is dead yeah but okay. his brother is stepan a russian older man yes who okay. is i love the, the kind of stereotype of like a character that's introduced and you're like, okay, this guy's clearly just an asshole. And then you're like, uh, as the movie goes on, you're like, dang, he, he has a point. <laughs> he, he might be right. Yeah. He has a point things. about some of this shit. Uh, he makes a couple bad decisions, but that's for his own, uh, well-being, not necessarily others well-being. Uh, 
He spits in Vigo's face. You shouldn't have done that. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but basically, since he is a Russian-speaking person yeah. uh, in London with uh, that live, lives with Naomi Watts' character, she asks him to tr- translate this diary so she can try to learn a little bit about this uh, dead Russian woman who and baby kind of, she is now taking yeah, care of. And figure out, oh, what am I going to do with a baby? Yeah, she wants to you know do, the, do right by the family yeah. and by the And the she mother. recognizes this girl is a child. Yeah, she was and, 14 yeah. when she when she died and had this baby. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's rough. And uh, I just that wasn't on. Oops, that wasn't on my mind. Like before going into this, I forgot. Like the main plot point of this is a 14 year old ha- has a baby and dies. Yeah, I had completely forgot about all that too. Yeah, it, it really is. The, it's heavy. The this thing is way heavier than I recall. Movie. And what what I do really appreciate about this, we we've le- noticed before this. This is less than two hours. It's an hour forty, mm-hmm. and there's no fat on it. No, it like starts intense with the with the throat cutting scene, and then jumps immediately into Na- Naomi Watts and that story, and it yeah. begins so quickly. And I really yeah. appreciate that. And uh, we I, we were curious and looked through because I was like, I don't. I always feel like Cronenberg's movies are longer than they are, and I watched them like, oh, it's over. Like, how did that go by so quickly? We looked it up, and David Cronenberg does not have one feature-length film, or film in general, because whatever, that crosses the two-hour mark. What a, like, what a boast. Like, who could say that? Who would have thought? Because not me. No. I would have put money on a dangerous method being five hours. Long. That's not true. <laughs> I, it's, felt I, like I it. like that movie, uh, but I would have I would have thought that was like two fifteen or something like that. No, his longest movie is fucking Naked Lunch, and it's an hour and fifty five minutes long. And I, I, it gives me so much more respect for a director that I already yeah. have a shitload of. He's respect not indulgent. For. He he. Just, well, he's super indulgent. He's super but. <laughs> indulgent, but not in a way that make, yeah. stretches his movies out, yeah. which. Which directors can you say that he about? He condenses rather yeah. than fleshes. Like any out. director yeah. that's like that is indulgent is going to have their movie be three hours long. Like that's that's just what happens with with Peter these Jackson, Lars yeah. von Trier, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. They all do it. Yep. Every Except for one. Cronenberg. Not fucking Cronenberg. <laughs> and not John Carpenter, baby. Yeah, true. John Carpenter flies. <laughs> and a tour movies. in a completely different lane, but <laughs> yeah. hell yeah, dude. Hey, they could be in the same boat because of the thing in The Fly. They came out similar Those eras. are similar worlds. Yeah, similar worlds, but yeah. very different tonally. Um, and then pretty quickly, uh, we're introduced to Vigo's character, yeah. who his name is Nikolai. Yeah. And uh, he's a Russian, mo- essentially mafia driver. He's trying to become a made man. Yeah, so in he's London. In London, he's working with the Russian mob, and his I mean, his goal is to be made. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to become a part of the Russian mob. He's essentially like he he functions as a driver kind of slash bodyguard yeah. for Vincent Cassell's character, uh, whose name is Kirill or Kirill, oh, Kirill. yeah, uh, and he is essentially the the prince of the mafia. Like he is the son of the guy the who head runs haunch. it, the Godfather yeah. type dude, and uh, uh, Simeon, Sim Simeon, 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 and Vincent Cassell is a little shithead. Oh my god! Like he, uh, he I I was so happy to get to see him in another movie again. He is our, he is a returning guest. Yeah, he's he, he was, was in Irreversible. He was in Christian's favorite movie, Irreversible. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, that movie upset me. My yeah. life hasn't been good <laughs> since. <laughs> hey, it made for good content. You made guys are for welcome. Great content. Honestly, go back and listen to our Irreversible episode. Yeah, go for it. I guess. Hear, hear me be really upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was nice. To see days that. after the fact, because oh, we yeah. recorded that a couple days it after. Stuck with you. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, true. It was good to see Vincent Cassell. Uh, in another 
shitty, <laughs> horrible uh, role. <laughs> he's really good he's at so playing. He's so good at it, though. Fucking piece of shit. He's a French actor, and it's he does a pretty solid, he like, Russian. Show. Oh, yeah, he sounded cool. I bought yeah. him as a Russian dude. I bought everybody. I mean, a couple... I don't know, and I don't mean this rudely, anybody. I don't know if it's just the Russian pronunciation that I find a little funny, or it was a couple things that Vigo said he said a little funny. I think Vigo does his best to to do a, a decent Russian accent. A couple accent. times it just sounds like a goofy Russian accent. But there are times when like they just take words out and shorten it. Yeah. Like getting car. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, stuff that's like what that. I'm that. Like Vigo says that I'm like, that's badass when he says it, but it, it is a little bit funny. Yeah. It's a I think that's getting that's fair to say. Like, all right, dude. And and the other thing that we do have to mention, like, it is a little bit humorous, like, when the Russian characters are hanging out with each other, and they'll, like, only say every other line in Russian, yeah. which I do appreciate, because it's authentic. Vigo yeah. and Vincent Cassell are not Russian, but they speak a, a fair amount of Russian in this movie, yeah. and so I can't be too mad about that, I feel like, but it is a little bit funny sometimes while they'll just speak English to each other for a while. And then go right back in. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, it's just... Not you can't complain about that, no, but it's a good touch. It is a little bit funny. Yeah. So the 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 crux of this, like Colby setup, is uh, Vigo is kind of our guy. Like that's the guy that we're really following along the story. Him and Naomi Watts are like the two main characters here. Vincent Cassell is uh, Kirill is. Uh, Vigo is essentially his bodyguard. Yeah. Essentially his the uh, the eyes for his dad. Yeah, to make sure yeah. his, his son doesn't fuck up, which he which does he does every many, single many times. day He's at all times, every horrible, chance he gets. Horrible, horrible person. Uh, to get this out of the way, I'm glad. I, I think we've said this so many times. I'm glad we have a content warning before. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> before we, these we do now, indeed. Uh, because to jump right in, um, Vigo is excluded from this right now, meaning we don't know that he does these things because we don't know his past. But what we hear about Kirill. Vincent Cassell and uh, Simeon, his dad. His dad. Uh, they are uh, rapists, murderers, uh, human traffickers. Uh, they uh, trade people for booze. They specifically underage women. Yeah, they uh, they are straight up mafia bad guys. Yeah. and Cronenberg doesn't shy away from the bad things that they do. Yeah. Like we Visually find out doesn't about show them. it. Yeah. Thankfully. I do appreciate yeah, that. That is not in the film. Um, this but, is but rated R. This sad. is not unrated or anything like that. But no, it's very clear. They tell us what, what happens. And which yeah. I think is a really interesting thing throughout the entire movie. An interesting mechanic is the diary that uh, Naomi Watts finds as the movie progresses. We essentially hear the narration yep. of of it throughout, which through I, characters and then through a narrator, through a narrator who yeah. is not named ever. Obviously, it's the voice of Tatiana, who yep. is the the writer of the diary. I'm looking at the the cast right now. Do you know who that voice is? Oh no, Tatiana Maslany of Orphan Black. Uh, oh yeah, she is the voice. Ironically, her name is also Tatiana. Interesting. I know that is actually super interesting. I'm seeing that right now. This is live. Wow. Well, that's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. I was curious, but I do that. I do really like that that tool in this movie of us yeah. getting to. Well, it's not fun because well, oftentimes the diary is really dark. And, it's and really it, what sparks everything, yeah. though, is that diary because Naomi Watts finds it, knows that she can't read it, so she asks her uncle to translate it, and he looks through it and then refuses and says, he says "Nope." He's like, "Nope," and get rid of like don't don't do anything with this. Move on mm -hmm. with your fucking life. Uh, she doesn't and figures out through some shit within the diary and like what she can piece out 
where to go for somebody else to potentially uh, translate this. And it's Simeon, uh, a sweet old, at this point, a sweet old man. He's so nice early on. Yeah, a sweet old man who plays violin. Uh, he, is the, he is the Russian godfather. He's the Russian godfather. Essentially. And uh, he runs a, they, they run a restaurant in, in London. Yeah, it's like their front, they, it's the front type for, thing for all yeah. their bad shit that they do. They host their parties there. They do their, their business there. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, uh, so just knowing like how it unfolds, it's just like so she confides in him. Like I found this diary from this very young girl, gives him the whole story. He's like, oh, of course, let me or she as, at first he's like gives a little pushback. Like we're close. Like I don't know you. And then when she starts talking to him. The first time you're watching this, you don't realize that he's manipulating her. Mm-hmm. Um, but because, like we said, we thought he's just a nice old man. He just seems so so. He's pleasant. like, I will help you. Like a pleasant Russian old dude. And then we see Vincent and Vigo are from the same place, and we're like, okay, what's going on here? And Vincent Cassell is hammered, drunk. Hammer, shit, hammer. He's an out. He's a raging alcoholic oh, in this. So he's he plays drunk so well. He does. He played very movie. drunk in uh, Irreversible as well. It's a so. skill. Yeah, it's a he's, real skill. He can yeah, like, ba- like barely maybe standing. Is, maybe in, in yeah. different points throughout this movie, like Vigo is literally holding him up. He's like all legs, dude. He's, he's so just tall like, and yeah, gangly. Just, yeah. He's kind of like Waluigi. Ooh, live action. If there was a live action Mario world, Vincent Cassell has to be. It would have to, to be him Waluigi. or Adrian Brody. Shit. No, Adrian Brody would be Luigi. That's fair. I'll take it, dude. Vincent yeah, Cassell. Vincent Cassell looks like the evil He's version evil. of Adrian Brody. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Wow. I'm glad we got there. Oh, dude, we I am just, glad we got we, there. Uh, you heard it here first. Wow. Vincent Cassell I need is the evil Adrian Brody. <laughs> I don't want any video game adaptations ever, and I need a live-action Mario where Adrian Brody is Luigi and Vincent Cassell is Waluigi. Yeah, give me a Luigi and Waluigi movie. That would actually be a pretty unique... Con- I'm going to start writing that tonight. I'm going to write that script. Oh, boy. Oh, That's wow. Next project. I don't give a shit about Eastern Promises anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is changed. Oh, my God. Okay, so... We got to get back on track. Yeah, Simeon tells her... So you... Their first meeting, she doesn't leave the diary with him. She just like she knows better at first. Yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't trust this. And he's like, Well, think on it. I'll, I can help you. He also is like, uh, Tell me where your home address is. I'll bring it. I'll bring it over to you. Yeah, like, clearly trying to find out where she lives. Yeah, and then he's like, Well, let me drive you home. Yeah. And she's like, I got my bike. It's fine. Um, so then, essentially, they. Uh, she realizes that the contents of the diary are incriminating um, via the uncle saying, do you know what these words mean? And it's like rape, um, needles, needles, uh, cause they were drugging the girl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, prostitution P- pills. or prostitute prostitutia prostitutia. I think you can figure that one out. Yeah. There's a, a real zinger from step on. Yeah. <laughs> there. Okay. There's a couple genuinely funny parts in this, that line did make us laugh. Yes. I think you could figure that one out. As well as uh, there's a line where uh, Vigo is driving Naomi Watts. Because her motorcycle stops working for a second. Yeah. And he's Vigo's being a nice guy. Yeah. Again. He's a conflicted mob he's man. He's the fucking coolest, he's the coolest in this movie. He's wearing a suit all the time. Uh, all the time. Except when he's not, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh because there's like two instances where he's not wearing a suit. One, he's not wearing anything, and the other is uh, like sweats. <laughs> a, a great look. Yeah, great look. Um, he is driving Naomi Watts, and uh, she is asking him about uh, Tatiana and the diary because she's learned more at this point. 
So it's okay. Let me back up before I get to that joke. Uh, so she learns of the diary. The uh, uh, Simeon tells her, like, I know that this says a lot of things about my son. Let me handle it. Don't go to the police. It's incriminating. Da, 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 it's da, straight da. up evidence is yeah. what it is. So she does give over the diary to Vigo. They meet at a fast food joint. He takes it. This is That's where he does the cool throat thing. That's also where Stepan is eating fries with a fork. Eating fries with a fork. And they're like, how could you eat at a time like this? And he goes, I'm hungry. And I was uh, like, I love that, dude. And then, yes. Yeah, so so he they hand the diary to Vigo. And yep. then uh, Stepan calls him a devil and then spits in his face. Yeah, and it's... this is when we get – obviously, this is an audio – uh, format, so you can't really see. What I'll we're post doing. a picture of it on the but gram. If you if we can find a gif, would even be, be even better. Yeah, because it is the coolest thing. Yeah, that's true. Ever and that's Vigo, I we'll he, post it. He kills it. Check our check our socials. Yeah, we, check our socials. We'll you'll see up. this. Uh, so that now uh, Simeon has this, mm -hmm. but uh, Naomi Watts and them still have Anna is her character. She also made copies. She made that's what I'm saying. Copies, yeah. yeah, they got copies. So. The uncle decides to start translating it. And this is when we learn that not only is Vincent Kinsell a abusive rapist uh, who is keeping this woman hostage because they're sex traffickers. Mm -hmm. uh, when he gets too drunk and can't assault her, Simeon steps in. And the baby that she had was his. Simeon is the old, the nice old man. The because she had not been successfully assaulted by Caril, Vincent Cassell, yet. Because he's a drunk, an impotent drunk, it seems. Yes, which leads to uh, rumors throughout the Russian mob yep. community that he's also gay. Which, in Russia, is a huge... A death sentence. Death sentence, especially in the mob. Yeah, it's like the most offensive thing you can call somebody yeah. in that world. So these revelations uh, kick things into gear for Naomi Watts of being like, this is fucked. Yeah, this <laughs> is when it gets like intense. So her uncle's like, back up, do not do anything, and she just keeps doing shit. Yeah. But she's she's a badass. She just keeps conf like, she's front, scared confronting them in public. Naomi Watts is great. Let's she's talk awesome about her for just a quick yeah. second because... You mentioned while we were watching, you were like, <laughs> what was it? She has the worst agent of all she time. She has the worst agent of all time, dude. Look at this fucking, I'm going to read out uh, her, since this movie, she has been in so many things that are just trash. But she's a good actress. She's a very good That's actress. That's the thing. Yeah, and and I, agree, I agree with you there. So um, let's go to the last time she worked with fucking... David Lynch, because they are known for Mulholland Drive. Yep. So she worked with David Lynch in 2006 with Inland Empire. Say what you will about that movie, whatever. Mm -hmm. She then did Eastern Promises and Funny Games remake in the same year. The same year. That's same crazy. Year. She worked with Cronenberg and Henneke in the same year. Then she did like a money thriller, make some money, The International. And you're like, okay, whatever. Then she worked with Woody Allen. You will meet a tall, dark stranger. Yeah, Say what you will there. Uh, then she did a shitty horror movie that everyone fucking hated called Dreamhouse. Then she did uh, Jay Edgar that fucking... Sucked. Yeah, the one with Leo. Leo. It was like one of the few Leo bombs. Yeah. Uh, then she did The Impossible, which I've actually heard is pretty good, but nobody saw. Yeah. Same. That's exactly what I've heard as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then she did Movie 43. <laughs> when are we going to do Movie 43 <laughs> for this podcast? We oh, we kind of have to, I think. I, I think at some point we're going to have to fucking I talk about Movie 43. To. I've still never seen it. I have. I know. Dude, okay. I know. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. Then she did a movie called Adore, which ended up on the How Did This Get Made podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Then she did the disastrous biopic about Princess Diana that everyone fucking hated. Uh, then she did do Birdman, 
forgot she was in Birdman. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in While We Were Young, which is good, the Noah Baumbach movie. Mm -hmm. But then she joined the Divergent series. She did that Sea of Trees, Gus Van Zant movie that's supposed to be real bad. She did Demolition, which is the guy who did uh, Dallas Buyers Club's next movie that nobody fucking watched. Uh, then he, then she did another Divergent movie. Yeah, not, not great it's choices. Book of Henry. Oh, she was in Book of Henry? Yeah, uh, yeah dude. Right. And it just keeps going from there. A lot of it's like straight to streaming or straight to VOD shit. She did show up for a lot of the third season of Twin Peaks, and she was awesome in that. Cool. Uh, so give it, Again, because she's a great actress. She, and she's worked with a lot of great people. But She was she, in Boss Level. <laughs> I forgot. Boss Level with Frank Grillo. With Frank our, Grillo. Our, our guy, Frank Grillo. We were watching Jiu-Jitsu with uh, Nick. Not, I can't say with Nick Cage. You, you didn't even see a part with him in it. I didn't see him in any of the movie. Yeah, and he was only at the beginning for me. So Frank Grillo, though. Frank Grillo. We good love Frank stuff. Grillo on this podcast. So our aside about Naomi Watts is she's a really fucking good actress and hasn't really gotten a lot of good material lately. Yeah. Uh, so Cronenberg. And she's good back. in this. Yeah, sure. I know uh, Cronenberg listens. He's a big fan. Yeah. What's up, Dave? What? <laughs> Dave. Good to see you, Dave. <laughs> Good to see you, Dave. <laughs> big D. But to, to come all the way back to your uh, quote that Vigo has while they're driving. Oh, right. So, yeah, she finally gives over the book, and they read the copies, and her and Vigo, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's a relationship established. She's driving her, and— Vigo's uh, kind of charming. Vigo's kind of charming, and she's asking him— like, do you know what this thing said? Like, this is this is what this says. But before she dives into that, she she's like, and I'm I'm laughing because of what Vigo says, not what about sh what not what she's about to say, which is, uh, uh, do you know a girl named Tatiana? And he's like, I know many girls named Tatiana. And he's like, and she's like, okay, well, uh, this one was a virgin who got pregnant. And recently had a baby. And he goes, well, then I've never heard of her. In that case, no. In that case, no. Then I've never heard of her. And then he laughs to himself. And that laugh that he gives to himself fucking killed me. Because he's just like, hey. <laughs> Like he's laughing at his own joke. And it's hilarious. And it's, it's a so really good. subtle, like, little thing. <laughs> that like. And then it's serious immediately after that. Because then she explains, like, what's going on. Vigo is the best. Vigo is. The, he's uh, so good in this. You mentioned... Uh, while we were while we were watching that his kind of what he was going for mm. uh, as as this character Nikolai was uh, very Putin esque. Yeah, he apparently which just, is this is two thousand seven, so yeah. Putin was still probably very shitty back then, but maybe less Not as, less widely known. We, yeah, we I mean I didn't know who fucking Putin really right. was in two thousand seven. I was a fucking kid. But watching this now. I can definitely see it. 100%, it's, dude. It's, it's very obvious. Yeah, he but said it's cool. he just watched a lot of Russian television. He went to Russia, I think, yeah. for two weeks by himself with a translator to just immerse himself. Nice. Watched a lot of Russian television, which he then said was mostly just footage of Putin. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's just what their TV is. And uh, so I got a lot of uh, my mannerisms from him, the way he stands with his hands. The way the uh, he doesn't like show emotion zero like he's no matter what's going on he's just kind of got a smirk sometimes sometimes like he'll show a smirk and that's really about it he doesn't really show anger he doesn't show sadness the way he speaks is is like very plain yeah like almost a whisper sometimes yeah. it's intense yeah he goes intense it's awesome that little joke and, was funny and this is also like peak era Vigo for oh sure. yeah this, this is, is like, like right after the end of. Uh, uh, fucking Lord of the Rings. Lord of the, yeah. just wrapped up. Lord of the up. Rings ended. He did Hidalgo, of course, which I know you hate. 
I I want to rewatch it. I just remember thinking it was so boring as a kid. It probably still is pretty boring. I liked it as a kid though. But then of course he did History of Violence right before this. I know. Yeah. And like seeing History of Violence in this within two years is just like how do you top that? Seriously know? though. Yeah, his uh and as we know, he's remained quite relevant. Yeah, and um, his his choice of films is always really unique honestly the opposite of naomi watts truly he's only done like art movies i couldn't think of two more different uh, actors in terms of what they choose the projects they choose to do together and it's like yeah i I respect a lot of vigo's choices because he really only does what he wants to do i am uh i really enjoyed that adaptation of the road that he starred in it's amazing i thought it was that was one of the first movies that ever made me cry when i first saw it it's oh that's john hillcoat that guy's good. He mm-hmm. did. Uh, I still haven't seen the proposition, and I've heard that movie's Dude, fucking incredible. Proposition is awesome. Yeah, Vigo's not in it, but it's Guy Pierce. Who I know it's Guy Pierce who is underrated as well. The Australian Vigo. Yeah, damn, I forgot about this. Uh, I would also say, like any collab that Vigo has with Cronenberg is worth watching. A Dangerous Method, maybe Cronenberg's most boring movie. I need to watch A Dangerous Method. I have not Vigo's seen it yet. good in it. Yeah. He's one um, of those guys that like you wish that he was in so many more movies, but then you also appreciate like. The few movies that he is yeah. in. Yeah, I didn't see. I haven't seen his run of like movies lately. I don't have no interest in Green Book, so I'm not gonna watch Green that Book. One. We don't count Green Book. Yeah. Green Book doesn't. doesn't Green count Book is for an him. anomaly. It's like uh, no one. Like, come on. Like, why? Um, but like, I want to see Captain Fantastic. I haven't seen that. Um, it's really good. And I know he's got like one, like a really sad one. I think he may have directed it that came out this year called Falling Ooh. or last year called Falling. Interesting. Um, yeah, he wrote and directed it, and I think it's about. Um, uh, like putting your parent in a retirement home or like your parent having a stroke or something along those lines. Ooh. And it's, I th- believe, like a heavy dramedy. <laughs> dramedy. I believe damn. there may be some like comedy to it. I'd be, inter- I'd be interested in checking him out as a, as a director as well. The, the little bit that I read about it reminded me, do you recall Jack Goes Boating, the mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman directorial debut? No, I never saw that. Um, it just seems like a somber, like slice of life type movie yeah i'd watch it yeah i'll watch what vigo does but really like except green book yeah again green Green book doesn't exist in this podcast it's mine (laughs) um but but vigo the way vigo plays this nikolai character is just like so spot on and like intimidating yep and charming and cool in the same way like it's so many different uh, ways uh, like traits within a very non-emotional state. There is a scene where he shows no emotion while uh, uh, clipping the fingertips off of a cadaver. And oh, I forgot about that scene. It is gross. <laughs> Again, it just shows it. Cronenberg yeah. just shows. It's just so matter of uh, fact, the dude's frozen, so it's not like there's no goo or anything. This is the most gooless Cronenberg movie. That's true. There is that zero we have covered. Goo. No goo, no goo. A lot of blood though. No goo. There's a fair amount of blood. There's a good amount of blood. That's true. No goo. Um, and so as Naomi Watts is kind of getting deeper and deeper into this uh, conspiracy this of web. like. What do I do in this? She uh, continues to confront people about it. <laughs> yeah, and during this time, her uncle has gone missing, and they are conveniently. Like, oh, this must be because you spit in v- Vigo's face. <laughs> They're all you idiot, Stepan. Yeah, you uh, had this coming. Yeah, so he's out of the picture right yeah. now, and nobody really knows what's going on. 
So we get to Vigo is moving on up in the ranks. He's getting closer to Simeon, and Carril is getting pushed further and further to the side. Um, he turns more into a sad sack. Yeah, and he's like honestly, it, it's a it's a turn of manipulating your sympathies because the way he plays it is very woe is me mm-hmm. and very my father is this way, like I'm a product of this type of thing. And even his dad says that, like, he grew up so hard. He, his mother left him when he was a child. Like, it's so fucking... No, he's just a shitty, shitty person. He's a shitty, terrible, terrible dude. Who wants who people to feel bad for him. Who doesn't feel any remorse Mm-mm. or guilt. He just wants to feel elation at all times and congratulate, uh, congratulations at all times. Like Donald Trump or something. Like something like that. Wow, crazy. Huh. Uh, Daddy gave him everything. Um, so... Vigo's moving up, getting closer to the dad. The dad is pushing uh, uh, Vincent Cassell away to the point that the dad is now like, all right, we're going to make you. Like, you're going to be a made man. You're going to be in the family, essentially. During this, there's a small side plot where we find out a rival organization wants to um, assassinate fucking uh, Vincent Cassell's Mm -hmm. character. But there's a key detail that they say that they don't know what he looks like. They just know his name. And, uh, and this all leads right back into the opening scene. This all leads directly it to the opening scene. comes full circle. Uh, because they are upset about the person that died in that opening scene. It's their, it's their, that, that dude's brothers yeah. are the ones that are look, looking for revenge. We found out that that guy got murdered because he was spreading shit about Vincent Cassell saying that he was gay saying that he uh was an alcoholic um and that's about it actually that's why he died he said he was a gay alcoholic and that's all it takes in the Russian mafia uh yeah that's all it takes in the Russian mafia so he got his throat slit and then his brothers are now coming after him but they don't know what he looks like Mm so let's fast forward back they're making Vigo oh do you see what's going on here it's so, so it's so emotional. Like it's Vince, cool. Vince Cassell is like yeah. so happy for him. Yeah. It's such it seems like a really emotional moment. Like welcome to the family. Yeah. Like it's we're brothers now. Like, you believe it as yep. it's happening. And he claims later that he didn't know what was up, but you can't trust a fucking little turd like him. Mm-hmm. Um so Vigo the next day, uh well, he gets tatted up. That's what happens. It's like the Yakuza. Yakuza. Uh you get you have to get tattoo markings to show that you're a part of this organization. Certain markings mean certain things. And he was already really tatted up. He's already a lot of tattoos and they're they're all really cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> like they are. I mean gang tattoos look a little They look cool. pretty sick. And so yeah, he gets these stars tattooed on his uh, one on each shoulder and then one, one on, on each, each knee. knee. Yeah. Um, um, and that shows his rank, like specific ranking. Yeah. Um, funny enough, it's the same, uh, I believe, ranking as it would be. It, would it have been the same son's ranking or they just said look for these tattoos? It seemed like uh, they were on equal playing fields that's, yeah. when he was inducted into the family. Yeah. And so okay. I, I would assume they're on the same level. Okay. That's what I would figure as well. Same rank, so, I guess. What hap- What happens is the driver, essentially, the barber from the beginning, um, gets cornered by these guys, and they want him to rat out uh, the son, Vincent Cassell, and he then goes back to Simeon and is like, nah, I like this is what's going on. Because so, he's more scared of the old man than he is yeah. of the, of the r- brothers seeking revenge. So Simeon is uh, really pulling the strings behind all of this. Yeah. And what he did was set this up to where that barber guy takes Vigo to a bathhouse uh, so his tattoos will be exposed. He says he's going to the bathroom, 
and then meets up with the brothers who are looking to kill Krill, Kirill, this, whatever. Th- this cut is so funny. This is one of the funniest parts funny. of the movie yeah. because it's it's Vigo and this old barber guy. They walk into this into this bathhouse, and uh, he's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom uh, because, uh, v- uh, because Vigo uh, asked him a question about something, and he's like, where do they unload? Oh, where do they unload? What a great question, this guy. <laughs> and he so like is fucking... walking away laughing. He's like, I'll be right back yeah. very, very soon. And then the next shot is him <laughs> putting his clothes on very quickly in the, yeah. in the locker room. He's like on his way out. And it's a he, comical cut. And then he meets with the two would-be assassins. Look for the stars yeah. on his shoulders and knees. And so that we cut back to Vigo, or something who, like that. Who, is, uh, he, who only walked in wearing a towel. That towel is now over his head. Yeah. Uh, he's enjoying the bathhouse, the steam. You know? And these two leather-clad gentlemen walk in with fucking gnarly knives. Like little curved knives. They're like little velociraptor toes. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Comparison. Little knives like that. And uh, Vigo smells what The Rock is cooking and catches fucking, I, I mean, it clips his arm, but he catches it on his fucking uh, forearm. forearm and drives this guy. This fight scene is amazing. This, honestly, watch this movie because it's a great, great movie, of course. But this fight scene is an all-time. It's worth the price uh, of admission. Especially, again, we can't stress it enough. Vigo is butt-ass naked the butt entire naked. time. He hangs brain. <laughs> you see a lot of Hannah hates sex. it when I say hanging brain. <laughs> oh, she's like, that is one of the most repulsive phrases I've ever heard. But it's accurate here. It's accurate. He hangs brain. Uh, I, you see more brain than the other. That's true. Yeah. Uh, which we should say thanks to Charlie for for letting us know that in, in, uh, he knows that when Vigo was filming the scene, he was like, it makes more sense if they see my dick. Yeah. <laughs> Which it just is, makes more is sense. true. Like, yeah. it makes so much more sense. Like, he's in a bathhouse. Of yeah. course he's going to be naked. Why? he? If, and his towel would not stay on during this. Like, no. it just does not make any sense. No. And so this entire fight scene, it's him really fighting these two dudes off and... Uh, the most brutal way yeah. possible. There's a lot of blood here. Those knives are flying around. They're he throwing punches. sliced all over his body. <sighs> yeah. Stabbed, sliced. Uh, he gets one dude in the heart, or the chest at least, and then the next dude... This one is wild. Uh, he fucking is like fighting this guy and finally gets it like behind the dude's head. The knife. The knife. And is able to just like push the dude's head down into the knife until you can tell the dude is just essentially paralyzed and then just stops moving. Yeah, like through the brain stem. It's it, ugh, it's so brutal. It's really gnarly. And there's a, there's a, a guy in the corner. Oh, yeah. Just like who's just sitting like, there. Who's like witnessed this Ooh, whole thing. Shit. Yeah. Like, Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And then the it then goes even crazier because he's crawling over that dude that he got in the chest. And that dude wakes up and grabs him by the neck, pulls the fucking knife out of his chest and goes to stab Vigo. But Vigo who catches the arm twists and just breaks the ever-living shit out of the dude's arm and then takes that fucking velociraptor toe and shoves it into the dude's fucking eye and just... Again, this is all like one shot. It's so fucking This is good. This is in, in line it's with like the rest of the It's like such a clean, like, fucking... It's so... You just see everything just that's going on. I don't recall the music happening during no, this shit. I, don't think, I think it's just grunts. It's just body hitting fucking tile and stabbing and grunts. Oh, it is so insane. It's such a rad fucking scene. In the best way. Yeah. And usually, like, we make the dick jokes. We emphasize the dick. This scene is just too good. It's not It's not worth the jokes, y'all. It's just watch this fucking movie. It's just an incredible incredible scene it's so good you, like you'll understand why christian and charlie went back and 
drunkenly, yeah, drunkenly watch yeah, this because it's just one night. <laughs> an awesome fucking fight scene. If y'all have seen the raid, like it feels like something out of that type of movie. It's Cronenberg killed it. And what what I I think I love the most about the scene is how tiring it yeah. seems. Like it looks exhausting. It, it reminded me of uh, Atomic Blonde. Do you, oh, do you I didn't see that the Charlie yeah. Theron movie. It's essentially like John Wick type word action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a, a lot of the fight scenes are just like exhausting. Like you feel so tired by yeah. the end of it because they're tired, and that's how Vigo is. Yeah, this like, scene is exhausting it, to watch. It, it's it's masterful. Like it yeah. really just is. And this is where like I really feel uh, the body, the obsession with the body that Cronenberg has comes into play, and I also feel like that really leans in with the whole essence of the tattoos being like an identifier and. Uh, like Vigo's markings just like meaning something. Mm-hmm. And then in this, like you're just fully exposed. We see, I don't know. It's, it almost feels like primitive, like totally. how the body's shown here with Vigo of just like, you're using your muscles to, to survive yeah. right now. It's, it's not, it's not like body horror, like no, the other movies, no. but it, you still see the fascination that Cronenberg has yeah. with the human body. With skin, just yeah. like skin and muscles and movements and, uh, he definitely has yeah. a theme throughout his, all of his movies, even if that theme kind of fluctuates. Yeah, slightly. I mean, in like a dangerous method, like it's the body of a patient that is like really in. It's like oh, and it's her. It's young and fucking Freud, so it's about sex, right? Uh, so it's about like her pleasure and like is that driving her mad and shit like that. So it's always about the body yeah. somehow. What was the thing? What was the line from? Um, was it was it the fly or was it Crash? Where it's like. I think it's Crash had like the the what thesis statement of yeah. I think Cronenberg. It was reshaping the human body through modern technology. That was it. Reshaping um, the human body through modern technology. That was Crash for can, sure. Can that be applied to to Eastern Promises? Reshaping the human. body I mean, does tattooing count as reshaping the human body? I mean, you are modifying that, it. That is true. But is that a is that a big enough aspect of the movie to warrant that statement? I'm it's, trying. It's on the cover. You're, the you're cover, right. The cover Show is the just his, his Vigo's hands, his tattooed hands, which is a striking cover. It's it's really good. I mean, technically, to get even deeper into this, let's get deeper into. Let's it. go film school shit. Yeah. So to get even deeper into that, you could make the argument that the whole plot exists because of sins of the body. I mean, that is fair. Uh, and then there's a physical human body as a product of this sin that exists. The, that has to it's be. It's the representation cared for. of that kind of sin is the baby exactly the yeah i mean I, I buy that babies are sin the representation i don't want one <laughs> they're sinful babies are the product of sin <laughs> yes married or not married sex, or not sex is bad <laughs> unless you're in a car crash then it's good if you're wearing a seatbelt you know what i'm gonna change my stance entirely sex is bad unless it's in a car you can only <laughs> you have go. car sex we've come full circle this is character development guys this is you saw this in real time you did it yeah, so I think there's an argument to be made about, like, uh, Cronenberg's body obsession and this movie. Totally. Uh, same with, like, uh, History of Violence has very similar visceral matter-of-fact shit. The sex uh, scenes in History of Violence are pretty gnarly, too. They're Like, one of them's on the stairs. Yes. Which is wild. Yes. Vigo gets horny in that movie. Yeah, he does. With his movie- wife. Yeah, it's his he, wife, uh, Marie, Marie Maria Bello. Bello. I think I think it is Maria Bello. I think it's Maria Bello. Yeah, yeah. Um, very good movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't like want to get caught up too too much on like super specifics because now we got to the scene and from yeah. pretty much here I don't want to say the movie coasts but there's not a lot of the movie left. There's not a lot of resolution. 
No. And that, I feel, was also very of the time. I feel like a lot of movies were doing that. Because looking at the Oscar nominees that year, the two movies that really were going to win, because Eastern Promises was not nominated. No. The only thing that it was nominated for was Vigo. Um, for good reason. For good reason. Uh, but it was, the movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year were No Country for Old Men, which won, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Clayton, Juno, uh, There Will Be Blood, and one other one. I'm comp- Oh, Atonement. Oh, yeah. And Atonement. So I can attest to being a huge fan of both No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, and Michael Clayton. But No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood kind of notoriously just end. More so, no, uh, no country. Oh yeah, it just ends on a on a monologue. Like nothing, yeah. A nothing monologue. Though I mean, there's meaning to it, obviously, within the screenplay, yeah, I guess, whatever, in the whatever, in the blah, book, blah, blah. and blah 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 blah. But we're not we're not concerned about that. This very similarly just sh- kind of quickly shows where the characters are. No country didn't even do that. Uh, quickly, yeah, we didn't even get that much. Yeah, quickly shows like a little flash forward of where the characters are at, and then just ends with no. Well, we haven't got well, we haven't said like the main twist, like spoiler of the movie, because it doesn't even like feel like that because of the ending. Yeah, because it makes it it's like, oh, you are that deep. Yeah. Spoiler. Boo, boo, boo. Viggo Mortensen is a cop. He's super mega deep undercover. To the point that he got made. Yeah. To for whatever the Russian equivalent of the old KGB was. I think it was FSB. Yeah. Something like that. Or something. Something that stands for. Uh, whatever the essentially like CIA of Russia is. So, and if I'm reading that scene correctly, where he meets up with like his sergeant or yeah. whatever his captain, his superior. Yeah, at the the fucking cops. Uh, right after the assassination attempt on him. Yeah, he's like at he's like outside after the outside of the hospital mm-hmm. afterward. Um, they're having the conversation, and I feel like if I read that correctly, the guy was like, "You you can be done." You're good, and he goes. I got the stars. He like r- pulls his shirt down. It's like, like I can't you, stop. We can't waste these. Like what? I just got. Like I'm. I'm in now. Once this guy's gone, I'm good. I can keep going further. It's dude. It's a a cool reveal. And as we were watching, see, this was a part of the movie that I remembered for. Yeah, I didn't remember watched. it at all. Christian was like making guesses throughout. He's like, yeah, I think Vigo's like kind of an antihero type yeah. guy. Meanwhile, I know that he's a super deep. Uh, undercover completely agent. Completely forgot. And I was like waiting for the reveal for Christian and it was such a good moment. It felt good but it doesn't feel like something like The Departed where it's like, whoa! No, it's no, no. more so, it's like more subtle. Yeah. It's more like matter of fact. It's like this is just what's going on. He's so deep undercover he never tells anybody. He, he doesn't stop. I don't know if he talks that way for real. He only mentions, he only brings it up to his superior and to nobody else. Yeah, he never reveals it to Naomi Watts though he keeps helping her in certain ways. He never reveals it to Creel or Vincent Cass, uh, Cassell. Uh, and just essentially what happens, how this movie wraps up because it goes pretty quick from yeah. here. After the assassination attempt, it is it's like 20 minutes. Like not much left. Yeah. yeah. Um, they figure out that they can through through this conversation that Vigo is having with his superior. Uh, they figure out like this baby exists. All we need is some DNA. Uh, if you want to do it, if you want to follow the poetic route, make it his blood. Yeah, which is a great line. Um, so who comes to take his blood? Is it the cops? I think so. It's pretty unclear. Uh, because again, we don't get a lot of questions. Yeah. answered. So somebody shows up to take Simmons' blood, Simeon's blood, 
because they have the baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like washing his arm with vodka, very Russian. Uh, and he, uh, this is when he gets real racist and real homophobic. Oh, yeah. And real just bad overall. Oh, yeah. He's been a piece of shit the whole time and we know he's terrible, but here he's just like so blunt. The mask is fully revealed. Yeah. Off, fully pulled off at this point. And yeah, he's just, he's just being a piece of shit. Yeah. And Vincent Cassell is like, uh, why did they take your blood? And then it just shows him standing there, and you realize he's realizing that they have the baby. They're going to try to pin me for this because they know this girl died. They, they at can this match point. the DNA. Yeah. People, this journal was out there. People know stuff. So they the the uncle disappeared, as we mentioned. Uh, he was killed, according to Simeon. But uh, Viggo Mortensen actually sent him uh, to Scotland. First class, uh, first class, and in a five star hotel. In he Edinburgh, said it's I want to go. I want to go to yeah, Scotland on a five star hotel. He said it's death or exile, and that the uncle was old school and knew 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 the uh, knew the drill. Yeah. So uh, he got sent away, and Vigo proved it by saying, "Like um, this is his hotel. Like you can check on him. Mm-hmm. I'm not lying to you." So this is where we we've already learned that Vigo is. An undercover dude, but this is where we learn that he also isn't that undercover, that he's carrying out assassinations, at least not this one. He's finding ways around. He's finding finding ways around shit. Yeah. Um, So this is also where we find out that the baby has been taken by Vincent Cassell, and Vigo recalls telling Vincent Cassell, this is where you should dispose of a body. He knows a place. I know a place. So they go there, and of course, that's where he is with a body and a, a, ba- a body, a baby in a duffel bag that he's about to just drown. Uh, and it's all crying. He's all sad about it. He's all blah, sad blah. and drunk. Yeah, as normal. As normal. He's yeah. He's a little twerp. Uh, he is a twerp. A twerp yeah. is a good descriptor for it's him. Fucking twerp. Yeah. And then Vigo convinces him, gives him like, "We're gonna take your dad down. Mm-hmm. Give us the baby. Like it's you and I now. You're the king. You're the king, man. You're the you're, you're the, the guy. You're the man, bro. You're the guy." Because Vigo knows that this dude is easily manipulated. Vigo is so good at manipulating him. Yeah, it's it's really cool. He hands over the baby and then orders Vigo to go party with him. So they leave for a party. Leaving Naomi Watts standing there with a baby in her arms and a motorcycle as her only form of transportation. <laughs> and then it just cuts away. Then it cuts away and shows that the baby and the uncle are now with Naomi Watts and her mom. And then uh, Vigo is at that restaurant. And we just assume because he's there that Vincent Cassell is running things. It's implied that the the Simeon, the the old man, went to jail. Arrested, arrested, now, or dead, something. He's not around. Exactly. Anymore. It's it, it's not clear, and that's yeah. fine. Like I kind of I kind of enjoy the uh, ambiguity. The it's ambiguity cool. Ambiguity yeah. of it. I'll I'll ask you this because this is when the the credits roll after yeah. this. Um, would you have wanted an extra thirty minutes of this movie? Because hmm. I was wondering that, like yeah. two hour ten minutes. That's not a terribly ten, long no. movie, and I would appreciate some more some more stuff to it. If I'm being honest. I, if I'm being jealous, I just want more Vigo. I mean, that's but, fair. But I like. I, no, I, I would. I would want to find out. Like, I would take where another, they're at. Yeah, I would take more another thirty. Clearly, I would say. I would take another thirty. I wouldn't go too too much more than that. No, no, no. But I would I totally would want, take another thirty. I would want the the shower assassination scene to be right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the turning point for yes. the character because then it's revealed that he's undercover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I would, that's fair. I would want. We need just more thirty on the end. Yeah, yeah. I, like I want more of. Now that he is undercover and yeah. like essentially second in command, mm-hmm. 
I want more of that world now. I, I want to see what happens there. Well, apparently there was supposed to be a sequel. Right. You mentioned that. Yeah, there was a sequel uh, planned. I don't know if it ever even went to pre-production, but it, it has not materialized. I would have loved a sequel. If one makes... I mean, re-watching this, it could totally... Fuck. I mean, I don't, I mean, you could do one years down the line now. Like but a train spotting too. Type, exactly. Type, type situation. We were talking about like that prior. Um, neither of us have seen Train Spotting too, but we're both curious about it. I honestly forgot it existed until today. If they made a, if they announced a sequel to Eastern Promises, oh, I'd say yeah, I would be so. We'll cover it. Excited. One hundred percent. Oh my god, that would be the greatest announcement. Yeah, Starring Vo and Vincent Cassell again. Oh. Maybe I mean, they could all do it. They could all do it. Cronenberg's still here. They're all current actors. Steve still. Steve Knight's still writing shit. Mm. He wrote something that came out this year. Yep. The uh, Princess Diana movie with Kristen Stewart. So. I think, yeah, I think this is such a unique movie that... It really did. By the way, I would just want to say, I really thought it got a nomination for screenplay. It, it deserved one. It should have. It was a good It was a good screenplay. Screenplay is good. The story is unique. Yeah. And it takes turns that you don't expect. No. And what I love about the twist of, of Vigo being kind of a deep undercover agent is that you don't see it coming. No. Like, he's playing it so straight. There's no hints throughout. Yeah. Like, he is straight up just being this Russian driver in the mafia. Like, unless for some reason you're like, he's being kind of nice to that woman. He must be a cop. But yeah. I never assume anyone that's nice is a fucking cop. No, and he's not like, f- like flirting with Naomi Watts. No, there's no romance. He's just kind of romance. like he's just kind of like being nice to her in a way that uh, is human. That yes, yeah. it, it feels very just person to person. Exactly. It's uh, like I understand there's a level of intensity I can't exhibit toward this woman type of deal. Like he does kiss her at the very end. He does. He does. But again, I don't know if that's necessarily romantic or it's just been like later. We've been through a lot. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. That's all it was. It an was, acknowledgement yeah. of we see each other yeah. type of thing. And if uh, whether that's intentional on the character or just my reading, I'm putting it on that. So. Yeah. I think I think that obviously I would have wanted a little bit more to this movie, but I like also how uh, lean it is. Like, I really appreciate that. But it's also it's what holds me. Uh, back from giving it like a five type of deal um and it's the same thing i felt with history of violence yeah let's do ratings uh so i this is a four out of five for me um that is probably where i fall with it i think at one point i probably would have said a four and a half um but on this rewatch i think it's really solid i do feel like it wraps up very quickly and i don't want to say abruptly because like we can infer kind of more or less what happens Mm -hmm. And it's not like super, super open ended, but it's just like it felt like so deliberately paced and then very quick at yeah. the end. Um, so that kind of docks it a little bit. But all the uh, yeah, I, I, I will pretty much agree with you. I, I definitely uh, the pacing is is unique. Like it, it definitely uh, doesn't it goes at its own pace. Yeah. But I think the pace is still pretty quick. Yeah. As well, which I appreciate. I think I might be, give this a four and a half. Ah, um, nice. Upon upon the rewatch, I loved it when it, when it first came out, but I think it really has aged surprisingly really well. It's really good. Um, and it's just it's so nice to see Vigo in his in his prime right here. Yeah. Uh, and, and and for this being such a unique uh, phase in Cronenberg's career, that is. Unlike literally, like the middle of it. This yeah. is the middle of that and, and it, little era. It pretty for him. much lasts these three movies. Yep. And then he's on he to does his, his more modern yeah. uh, era of filmmaking. But I, I, I'm so glad that we were able to do this kind of decade by decade because yeah. we get to speak about like 
the uniqueness of this specific phase in his career. And And kind of touch on the other stuff around it. Um, It's Cronenberg's interesting, man. And like, I haven't ever watched him in this way before looking at, like, this is so different from The Brood. Yeah. Like, like it's so <laughs> like, fucking different from The Brood. It's crazy to think. But also dealing with some heavy-ass shit from the get. Yeah. He's going for that in The Brood. And here, it's still just very visceral. It's very personal. It's just uh, a different genre, And he's not... He didn't write this. Uh, it, this is Stephen Knight, uh, responsible for some weird-ass fucking he's screenplays, dude. Stuff. Like, just look him up. Yeah. He's he's done some stuff that's considered dog shit, but I don't know if it's his screenplay that's necessarily the issue uh, or if it's just the directing and acting. Probably but a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both, especially hits, that Serenity movie. He's got some hits and some misses. He's got some hits and misses. This is his, like, ball out-of-the-ballpark fucking is a, one. This is a real hit. Yeah. For sure. Uh, highly, highly recommended, I believe, from both of us. Obviously, four and a half and a four. Um, Vigo's best movie? Ooh, this is a this is a, a good good question. Does Lord of the Rings just make, or is that too ensemble-y? I mean, Aragorn is such an iconic character. Correct. I'm yeah. biased <laughs> for sure. Lord of the Rings was such a big part yes. of my yes, life yes. growing up uh, as a kid who loved fantasy. It really introduced me to the world of fantasy that mm-hmm. I still really care about today. And so, obviously, it introduced me to Vigo, of course, and I have continued to be a fan of Vigo's ever since. And I really enjoy almost every one of his movies, not counting Green Book. Um, (laughs) But Aragorn is such a cool character in the books, of course, as well as uh, Vigo's portrayal. I knew this would cause conflict for you. That's why I asked. (laughs) I think, I think, I think I have to say Aragorn. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, man. He's just, he's the king, man. King of Gondor, you know, that's fair. But I think, I think Nikolai is, is, a pretty close second in I'm yeah in looking through I haven't seen a lot of his earlier work prior to Lord of the Rings. He was just a, he was just a character actor before Lord of the Rings. He I forgot, never did anything big before. I forgot that. that he's in the fucking Gus Van Zandt Psycho remake that I had to watch a trillion times for college. Oh, I never actually watched that. Dude, it's so bad. Who does he play? Uh Loomis, the detective dude. He plays he's, Loomis? Yeah. Whoa. Which is fucking wild. I forgot he's in G.I. Jane. Yeah, he's in a lot of... So I've yeah. seen a lot of stuff that he's, he's done. He's an asshole in G.I. Jane. He is an asshole in G.I. Jane. Uh, so, yes, aside from Lord of the Rings, I would I would probably say uh, it's that or Eastern Promises. Like, then, those are the two. And the character in History of Violence is really... Oh, he's really good in that movie, really and he's great too. in the road. Like, yeah. he's a fucking great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, really the highlight. Like, Eastern Promises, he's fucking good. His, even with the goofy accent every once in a while. Yeah, I mean... It, it works. Such a menacing but soft character at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really cool. It's a unique portrayal. It's and, very good. And from a from a unique actor. Yeah. Um and, and yeah, we, we, we definitely recommend this and uh I'm excited to see our next movie, our next uh in the twenty tens era of Cronenberg. And our final Part five of the town of Cronenberg. We will be exiting the town of Cronenberg. Yeah, and then we'll figure out which town we're going to next. Yep. But uh, this next one, if, we... you, if you have any suggestions for us, let us know. Yeah, uh, hit us up on the socials. Our email is give us a director. Cellardwellerspod at gmail If you have some ideas, a director, a writer, uh, an actor, a, uh, a series, uh, whatever. Just give us give us some ideas yeah. if you got any. We've got our own. We got we're not fishing like that, but. Uh, I don't know. We just kind of want to do what y'all are interested in, too. So We've also really enjoyed being able to do this kind of series uh, 
more specific deep dives and and being able to break it up with with our our kind of weirdo shit that we will always watch um but it's fun getting to getting to analyze yeah we are the baddest boys in the podcasting game thank you for remembering um but it's fun to get to to kind of flex our brain a little bit yeah uh, and and look at something a little deeper exactly that's what feels so nice about this and we specifically chose him because it was like a passion thing we Mm -hmm. just wanted to really badly um but yeah, this was very fun. I've enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, Maps to the Stars is what we're doing next. What year did that come out? This is 2014. We are skipping. This was this is technically his last movie until his next one comes out, um, which is called uh, Crimes of the Future. Mm. Um, but after Eastern Promises, that was 2007, he didn't do another one until 2011, which is a dangerous method. That's a long break. It is a long break for him. Uh, because did he do anything during that? He did, uh, no, not according to IMDb. Whoa. Um, and then the next year did Cosmopolis, and then two years later did Maps to the Stars. Hmm. So we didn't have a lot to choose from. I have seen um, A Dangerous Method in Maps to the Stars. I've not seen Cosmopolis. Um, I know some folks who saw Cosmopolis. Some folks love it. Some folks hate it. Some folks who love the book hate it. Some folks who love the book it's love it. based on a Don DeLillo book. Yes. Um, I recall uh, our friend Charlie, who we've invoked a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he said he enjoyed the movie, um, and he's a huge Don DeLillo fan. Yeah, so. me and Charlie were in a Don DeLillo literature class in yes. college together that he read all the books and I didn't. <laughs> I, <laughs> he, read, I believe that's one of his favorite authors, I if read not a couple. his favorite author. Yeah. Um, but A Dangerous Method, uh, while any Cronenberg movie could fit for this podcast, uh, it's not as interesting to me of the... Maps of the Stars is fucking weird, and yeah, I'm really we, excited to revisit it. We need to end it. on a weird note. Maps of the Stars is weird. I, I recall enjoying it, but I recall it also kind of being a complete mess. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I know, I'm going in completely blind. Yeah, I don't you know want nothing to know about anything it. about it. I'm not going to watch a trailer. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a fun one, especially because I, I know Eastern Promise as well. It's it, very— It's a great rewatch. It's, it's, I remember it being pretty fucking wild. So uh, we'll we'll follow up with that. We don't know exactly what's coming after this episode. Do you exactly. have any palate cleansers? <sighs> Do I? I mean, I've been listening to that fucking new Full of Hell album, man. Is that a band? <laughs> yeah. Is that, a band. is that a thing? Is that a music? It's a music. They are a uh, grindcore, noise, hardcore. Give me a few bars. Punky. <laughs> Something along those lines. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Actually? It's pretty close. I mean, their lead single off of their fucking new album, which I've been listening to called The Garden of Burning Apparitions. That's a sick album title. Uh, their so lead cool. single is called Reeking Tunnels. It's oh. pretty good shit. Yeah, <laughs> Ew, man. Gross. Okay, what's the band? Full of Hell? Full of Hell. Okay. Gardening, Garden of Burning Apparitions. Damn. Their albums, they have some pretty fucking good album titles. Let me Let me run these down real quick. So they have their very first album is called uh, uh, Roots of Roots of the Earth Are Consuming My Home. Then they have Sick. Rudiments of Mutilation. Then they have uh, a collab album with the band The Body called One Day You Will Ache Like I Ache. Then they have my favorite album by them, Trumpeting Ecstasy. Then they have another collab album with The Body called Ascending a Mountain of Heavy Light. Then they have Weeping Choir. It's like a weird like kind of fantasy kind of sci-fi it's all, type stuff. They are very anti-religion, very anti-Christianity. Interesting. Uh, so it's all very, like, 
Catholic like high art shit. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of their new album cool has artwork. like a burning skeleton angel type thing yeah, on the that's cover. Gnarly. Their trumpeting ecstasy has the best album cover for like a grind band I've seen in a long time. It's that's like very cool. fire coming out of a nun's hood. Uh, Check out Full of Hell. I- I will. I'll listen to them. I don't think I'm gonna like it. I don't think you're gonna like it. But to our listeners, if you want something fun to listen to, they're really good. Yeah, definitely. If you are into the heart, harder stuff, that's where Christian really comes in handy. Yeah, I, I can give you some heavy stuff. Also, listen to Worm Rot. They're great. They're from, uh, I believe, Indonesia. Nice. They're awesome. Um, my palate cleanser is uh, a little bit more fun <laughs> than Full of Hell. Uh, it, maybe though. Full, full of Hell's not fun. Really. I will say that. Uh, me and Brittany binge watched uh, Squid Game. Oh, I need to. Yeah, in the last I week. need to watch it. And yeah. obviously, this is an incredibly popular. Uh, it's popping off. Thing going on on the internet right now. Squid Game is. We were able to watch without any spoilers. I still don't know a goddamn thing. Uh, good. Yeah. You need to watch it. I know. Uh, Hannah and I know that we're we need to catch up before shit. Quick. Yeah. You need to yeah. get quick because there's gonna because memes are all over the place. Is it? Uh, it's not English, is it? In English, is it? No, it's okay. a, it's Korean. Okay, that's what I it's thought. A, it's cool. a Korean. Uh, miniseries on Netflix, so you can watch it. Uh, watch it. It okay. is dark. It is uh, people. The sad. only thing I know is people are like, "Oh, this is scratching the OG Black Mirror itch." Oh, I think it's better than Black Mirror. Oh, I think I it's. Think, it's, I think I. It's a much that. more unique story uh, that is really like heartfelt in a lot of ways too. Um, Interesting. A little bit reminiscent of Parasite in terms of just like tone. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I think obviously I, yeah. the stories are very, very, very different. Um, but I'm glad that it's getting as popular as it is because Korea's got some good shit. Oh my god, they got the best. Like shit. there is so much good culture and art over there. And obviously, I'm a big K-pop guy as well. Yeah, you're big K-pop, and we're both big Korean revenge flick, just Korean cinema. Korean in films general. in general yeah. are great, and so I'm excited to, that, that that's extending to their television stuff as well oh, yeah. because it is. I'm sure they have some amazing shit that we just don't. Oh, there's hear about. so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. but. I will. I will maybe throw this out there. By the time you watch it, we should probably do an episode on it. Cool. We should probably do an episode on. Heard. It. Um, that's all I'll say. Cool. Because we'll I will, make, because I I will not spoil out. anything for you. But I'm excited to hear it as you are uh, going through it as well. Cool. Heard. Noted. Nice. Nice palate cleanser. Which is weird because it's not probably a great palate cleanser. But now it's that more I fun. Think about it, <laughs> it is more fun than Easter. <laughs> And full of hell, I guess. Yeah, and full of hell. Um, yeah, so we we are like Christian said, we're gonna do maps to the, to the stars next uh, in our Cronenberg series. Next in week, the conclusion will be something in between those, most likely. We'll figure it out. There's a movie in theaters that we were, were wanting to try to catch. We're excited so. for theaters again. Yeah, we're, we're going to a few to a few movies, and so we will. Uh, probably, a, probably do something there. In in the vein of Cronenberg, there is a new film out. We will not drop the title in case we can't for some reason make it to the theater to catch it and whatever, but. I really want to see it. Yeah, we're excited. We've gotten sure. it's been t- specifically recommended to us to cover by a couple people. Yes, so very we, true. We need to go check that shit um, out. Yeah, we we're just excited to be back in theaters. Excited to be back in general. And it's October, baby. It's October, and we feels did, good. I know we did an October series last year, um, but we're doing a Cronenberg series. We're doing a Cronenberg series, so and you know what? Middle one. We're already covering some cool shit. So just fucking deal with. Can we talk about uh, us being guests on the Best Palcast? I think we can, because that will have come out at this point, I believe, right? I assume. And then you can go back and watch it or listen to yes. it. Yes. So yeah. we were uh, asked by some of our, our podcast network friends, uh, the Best Palcast. Indie Source. Uh, Indie Source network. network. Check it out. Um, 
to, to hang out with them and, and be a guest on, on their podcast. Um, so we are literally recording that after this. Yeah, we're we going to uh, get off this and then watch the movie that we're doing. And again, I believe this is coming out after that. So we watched Wreck. The movie Wreck, the Spanish film. I also is that two thousand seven. That also might, might be, be. two thousand seven. <laughs> what a year! Uh, we both have seen it. We love it. They wanted to cover a spooky movie, and you know what? That one's just no frills. This is just a scary movie. Check it out. Uh, just fun spooks, goofs, and gaffs. So we hope we hope it's a good conversation. We're we excited. Hope it's a good conversation, um, but we gotta we gotta go. We gotta watch Wreck. Yeah, yeah. We got a, we got a movie to watch, guys. So stop listening to us later. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye. What up, you freaks? It's Christian, better known as C-Man. If you like what you hear and want to dig deeper, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Dwellers Podcast, Instagram at Cellar Dwellers Podcast, Letterboxd at Cellar Dwellers, and of course, our email, CellarDwellersPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you freaks want to hear more of. The goo, the gore, the milk? Let us know. Come dwell, there's plenty of room in the cellar.